0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, diet time is here. That's right, we're talking Dr. Giggles, still on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, and our year old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from More High California. Does not appear on a map despite anything you see in this movie. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the goriest of details of Dr. Giggles in the hopes that a, uh, a heart addled teen's death is just the beginning of the jokes that we can make at their expense. And as always, there is only one person I trust that if I need to learn how to give a saxophone a blowjob, she will give me a lesson. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina?
1: Hang on. I'm, I'm unrolling my giant novelty band-aid.
0: To, to oh, have thank you. God you have it. I didn't <laughs> know where it, I had placed it because I have so many large pockets to place them in my uh, doctor's coat.
1: Yeah, I, I just carry one around in case anybody asks, hey, you want to talk about Dr. Giggles? <laughs>
0: I do really, I have so many questions about that novelty band-aid, literally, I have paragraphs, but we'll get to that, I, I don't want to alarm you, Gina, but we are not alone, that is right, we have a special guest, not only is he the, uh, an Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, but he also hosts one of our favorite podcasts of all time, The Flophouse on the Maximum Fun Network. He is partially responsible for us knowing one another.
2: The one, the only, Dan McCoy. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I will warn you, yes. I am currently at quarantine levels of gin. So... <laughs> I probably will need, you know, I watched Dr. Giggles uh, a week ago and Mm -hmm. I'm relying on you guys to spark my memory of this thing because at the best of times, uh, my memory is poor. I think it's (laughs) because I have sleep apnea and I cannot form new memories while I'm asleep. Plus the, uh, the pot edibles I've been using to cope with the dissolution of the world. Uh, acceptable although um, I was just talking with other friends over zoom and we were discussing Dr. Giggles and uh, my girlfriend started like you know like saying what the plot was because she happened to be in the room while I was watching and I was like no 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 no, my friend this is the plot to Dr. Giggles so I guess some rudimentary part of my brain still absorbs horror movies uh, very well
1: pretty simple a, a, a psychotic is he actually a doctor i don't think he's received formal medical training
2: no he
0: has not received formal medical training yes. outside of the dr giggles medical center in which he was <laughs> raised for the first seven years of life
2: but there is a tossed off uh line early on about how he's a genius and that was one of the, the fascinating things to me about watching this movie was just the notion of like oh finally like the two threads of like um, you know, Hannibal Lecter-style genius serial killer and teen slasher, like, mm-hmm. cross in this film in a way that I honestly don't know that I've seen elsewhere. No, it's uh, it combines
0: the quippitude of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series, mm-hmm. but without the baggage of the whole Freddy was a child murderer who now you love. <laughs> like, that's the... We always uh, sort of battle against the origins of Freddy. It's hard to square that circle so much, especially when you get into later uh, iterations of the package. And now he's become a full on child molester. And you're like, this isn't making it fun. This doesn't make it happier. This doesn't make it scarier either. It's just gross.
1: This is one of the first movies I've watched for this podcast in a while where I was just gleefully laughing through most of it. (laughs) I mean, that that closing line that he says, I was just like, yes, yes, (laughs) he said it. He said the words.
2: (laughs) You know, during quarantine, I've taken to reviewing every movie I see on Letterboxd in a way that, like, I never did before. I would use it as, like, just a tool to log what I saw that year because, you know, it's nice to have a list uh, that you can look back on. But now I'm like, what the hell? I don't have any other time. I'm going to lean into pretending that I'm an actual film critic. And I gave this movie three and a half out of five but i led with the idea of like look i'm probably overvaluing this movie by possibly a whole star because (laughs) (laughs) because it is precisely the thing that i want out of a movie most times just like a silly (laughs) dumb but like not like too winking horror movie it absolutely
1: it it absolutely lives up to the title dr giggles yeah because that's you know you're overselling your movie just on that alone because there's so many (laughs) horror movies that have really wonderful titles and then they just completely bungle it into being like a huge disappointment i was just going to say no this this one this one lives up to to a ridiculously entertaining name like dr giggles
2: yeah and I don't I do wanna clarify, when I say too winking, I use that very like Uh, at the slimmest of margins. This movie winks a lot. Yes. But it stays on the right side of the divide in my mind. It doesn't turn into like a Sharknado or something like that. No,
0: I think it has higher aspirations. It also has the benefit of being directed by someone who is competent with a camera. Like there's intention going on here. Of course, it's not taxi driver, but it's not trying to be. It's trying to be the best Dr. Giggles it can possibly be. And for the most part, it hits those marks. For, for whatever reason, as um, irritated I, as I became with Freddy's quippitude towards <laughs> the latter half of the franchise, there is more care given to his doctor puns here than anything in the sort of four, five, six era of, of, of Freddy. And as a result, like, he clears the bar he sets for himself. Yeah. And uh, also... There are genuine shocks in this section of the movie. For I had seen it originally uh, in theaters and probably and, re- and the only thing I retained was I've seen this movie. And then it hit a certain section of this film and I literally yelped so loud that my dog awoke from its slumber.
1: Yeah, I think I said the words, how do I how did I forget this out loud? <laughs>
0: so improbable that this went down a memory hole when it, it the elements of it are so memorable. I, I think just because it went away. it, it and any steam it might have gained sort of got lost in the era of scream. It's just not that kind of slasher. it's much yeah. more of a throwback. And so as a result, it, it hits a weird wedge where it's just not quite remembered. And it also hasn't had a revival yeah. for whatever reason. hopefully we can lead that. Um, I think we pushed the ball a little bit with uh, Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night 2. And I, I hope we do the same with this it one. It
2: does end pretty definitively, too. And I know that's never really been a problem for horror movies. But for a non-supernatural character to basically be yeah. killed three times at the end like, it beggars belief that he would come back <laughs> that's one of the problems i think
1: oh and of course if this movie if this movie had been successful there definitely would have been a dr giggles too
2: oh definitely yes that's yes. certainly true in fact
1: i had to think for a moment i was like was there a dr giggles
2: too i did look it up because i was like Oh, uh, did Larry Drake do this again? And then I'm like, no, that's Durant. That is his yeah. that is his Darkman villain that he reprised multiple times.
0: <laughs> Which he suddenly transforms into a dark man at the end of this movie. But I feel mm-hmm. like we're getting ahead of ourselves. uh Dan, where was the first place that you saw Dr. Giggles?
2: Uh, that would be there was a uh Jesus, I wish I could remember the name of the video store in my hometown, and uh, I I just can't. I, it was an independent store, hole in the wall, but it was the first in my small town. I grew up in a town in Illinois that was 3,500, I think, when I was the population when I was a kid. Now it's mm-hmm. leaped up to around 5,000 or 5,000 plus, but that was the first video store. Uh, eventually, we had two uh, very bustling, but uh, I never watched it when I was a kid. You know, I I saw the title "Doctor Giggles," which is uh, of course immediately gripping, and the VHS cover also, you know, very enticing. Like I, you know, like here's the thing: I I was trying to think about how I got into horror movies because I don't think it was a huge part of my youth necessarily. Other than I remember very clearly my brothers forcing me to watch Poltergeist because they thought it was amusing that I was scared. Aww. And then, like, Aliens was a movie that I watched over and over and over again. And I would, yeah. you know, like, I had this little... um when I was a kid, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I had this Fisher Price camcorder, which is now like, um, it's sort of a collector's item because people use it for art products. Or, sorry, art Were you um, like
0: recorded off a cassette tape? Is yes, it was one? a cassette tape. Oh my God, that stuff looks great.
2: Yeah, it, it like, yeah, people use it for art projects now. And it's like uh, this cult item. But I had it and it came with a tiny like television that with a antenna. So for the first time in my life, I had this tiny black and white TV of my own in my room. And I remember watching return of the living dead on this tiny black and white TV hidden in my room younger than I should have been watching it because I had this secret TV. Uh, so there was some like attraction to like monsters in my childhood, but I think I didn't, I didn't become a full French hor- hor- horror person until later because I was too much of a goody two shoes. And then, Later in my life, it was like, okay, this was the thing that was forbidden to me, and now I'm an adult and I can dive into it. But I don't think I saw Dr. Giggles at the time. And in fact, I hadn't seen it until you guys asked me to be on this episode. And I'm like, finally, an excuse to see Dr. Giggles. (laughs) (laughs) my life, my my life has been leading to this moment. (laughs) We
1: we open that window for you and your life has changed.
2: That's
0: right. Uh, Use that Ghostbusters gif of Annie Potts hitting the button (laughs) and standing up and saying, we got one. Yes. Um, Suddenly a a resurgence of Dr. Giggles. I can sense the reboot happening any second now. Uh, So let's get back into it. And of course the best way to do that is to remind everyone who is still left alive at this point in the movie Too many people, unfortunately, (laughs) but let's start talking about them. Let's start with Corrine. She's the charter member of the More High Hillbillies Recreation Corps. And then, of course, we have Max. That is Jennifer's boyfriend. Uh, Well, less of a boyfriend, more of a boy foe. Yeah, it is absolutely unacceptable to me that he lives. Oh, my God. Not only does he (laughs) live, but the ending shot is them kissing. You're like... How the fuck did this happen? Uh, we're going to get into all the details of why Max should a be dead and B mm-hmm. definitely should not be in a romantic relationship. He has issues. Uh but uh let's then talk about uh Corinne's sort of uh toady. That would be Normie. She's um she's a person. You looked at. You looked that up. They didn't t- they didn't mention her name once in this It's movie. in the credits. Her her name is Normie <laughs> N O R M I and i know
1: normie is a a sociopath (laughs) the movie doesn't doesn't explore that but she definitely is
0: (laughs) she's definitely trying to hurt people um and as far as a character is concerned, that's her greatest standout moment. Otherwise, she's just like a, a person who definitely paid SAG dues to be in this movie.
1: And she lives? I think she does.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. she.
1: The last we see of her is like she's got this sort of psychotic smirk on her face when she's telling uh, uh where to find Max.
0: Yeah, and then she just disappears from time because the movie has too much to do. Uh, We also have officers Magruder, not Magruder, Magruder, and Wrights. One of them is too old for this shit, and the other one is too young for this shit. You decide. (laughs) And finally, there's Dr. Evan Giggles Rendell. Um, He's not laughing at you. He's laughing with you, (laughs) or at least with your dead body.
1: We also also eventually learned that he giggles when he's nervous. He giggles when he's in pain. Yes. Uh, Uh, He giggles when his house is about to explode.
2: He's a real Joaquin Phoenix's Joker when it comes to giggling. (laughs) I had the the same
0: note. Is is Joker really ripping off Dr. Giggles? Is the (laughs) origin story of all the movies it rips off? No one mentions Dr. Giggles, and I feel like that is a lapse in everyone's journalistic responsibilities. They
1: both do have that sort of very unnatural high-pitched giggle, so it's possible. (laughs) It is possible.
2: possible. To support your conspiracy theory, no one is talking about Dr. Giggles, so they're like, you know, you have to ask why. You have to. Fingers
0: crossed. (laughs) Yet. Um, So let's return to the action inside of more high high um <laughs> I guess More High High School. Um More High High School. <laughs> more High High School, uh which is different than More High Junior High. Um this is where the best action set piece in the entire movie is taking place and that is Corinne giving a full
2: on blowjob to a saxophone.
1: Which as I pointed which I as I pointed out in last week's episode, that's not how you play a saxophone. Yeah, no,
2: I have to back <laughs> up Gina here as a Former clarinetist in uh, middle school (laughs) that's not Mm going to get you a good tone to do it that way.
0: (laughs) She's looking for a tone, just maybe not produced out of the saxophone. That being said... Uh, in terms of uh, sax sex between this and Folge's "The Devil's Honey," it's been a big couple years for brass wind instruments used to seduce people.
1: I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, why the band room was was you know universally decided to be like the orgy parlor of the high school. Now I, mean, I
2: gotta, now I gotta, you know, I gotta step <laughs> in. I've got a feeling, I've got opinions on this matter. My <laughs> theory. <Please. Please. laughs> back in high school was that the very popular and attractive people are always going to find one another. And then the true legitimate weirdos are also going to find one another. It's, it's the vast (laughs) middle that has the most problems. Mm -hmm. And I knew for a fact that as we called them at the time, and i feel bad about it now because like they knew what was up as far as i'm concerned but as we called them at the time the band band geeks were fucking they were i'm yeah. sorry for i don't you maybe need to bleep that i don't know but like they were <laughs> no 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 not here no. they were indeed the ones in high school who were totally orgying out the band people <laughs> That is my sincere conviction.
0: I can tell you with great authority, it wasn't the uh, theater department because mm-hmm. absolutely everyone in the theater department was questioning something to the point where they knew they wanted to use those parts, but they're not sure how. and They're not sure why. And I don't or know. Who, I, or or who you know. <laughs> Just they, it's a dream. Someday it'll happen, like being on Broadway or learning mm-hmm. really how to tap. But I, I think the reason why the band room becomes so sexualized is because everyone wants to rub one out on a linoleum floor. <laughs> I mean, that is the best medium for great sex, cold. 50s era <laughs> linoleum, where, where you have
1: like like the the music stand right behind you. I I, just wanna, I, I was so hoping that somebody, not necessarily Max and Karee, but somebody, you know, they would roll over all sexually and then like just hear like this like crash of like symbols because it has knocked over something.
0: Just the domino effect of every <laughs> single music stand going down in a row while people were almost about to do it. Oh,
1: and then and then someone comically you know falls and their butt lands inside a tuba. You know. I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't call that comedy unless you define it as divine comedy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it it turns out that much like uh, a film we covered uh, many years ago, Friday the 13th part four, we have a game of sexual chicken happening between <laughs> Corrine and Normie. One of them is going to do it. God damn it. Yeah. And they're pushing one another and pushing one another and pushing one another until one actually gets a chance to have sex and the other one goes i resent you and i resent this whole fucking game and they then they try to burn everything to the ground now in friday four like that person gets stabbed outside with like a a hoe or a spade i can't even remember what it's in shadow but uh here normie just wanders outside to the fair and it's like oh i know how to fuck this up i'll find uh, max's actual girlfriend and tell her what the fuck is going on and then I'll get to go home with Corey. I guess that's her motivation. I can't tell you.
2: Yeah, this is uh I think this is uh, to the point that you were referring to earlier and that we will get to where this uh boyfriend character we, we are expected to be a little easier on him than I'm inclined to. Now, look, am I going to say that people at that age Yeah. Need to make a uh, commitment, a firm commitment to a partner. (laughs) Not necessarily. I'm not going to go that far, but in the context of Dr. Giggles, a 19... (laughs) 92 92 horror film, I am not inclined to sympathize with the boyfriend character who uh, uh, cheats on his heart-diseased girlfriend at the earliest saxophone oral sex he witnesses.
1: (laughs) Yes. The whole, the whole trajectory of him jumping from one girl is because she said she wanted to be alone. Mm. Yes. Not that, you know, you know, I need to go think about our relationship or, or maybe we should spend some time apart. She says, I have a heart condition. I'm not handling it. Well, I need to be alone. He's like, well, guess I'll go make out with this other girl. (laughs) then." (laughs)
0: That's my cue. Oh, wait a second. Your mom died from a mysterious medical condition. She went into surgery and she never came back. I mean, if we're not going to fuck tonight, when are we? <laughs> I, this has to happen.
1: But yes, but you see, I have needs too. <laughs> well,
0: you're not, you're not, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about your heart, but I, you also need to think about my penis. What my penis <laughs> is going through. Mm-hmm. What my penis could be going through.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um back at jennifer's house uh dr giggles has just finished up with the uh, poor tamra's ice cream filled tummy and he finds the portable heart monitor and he finds a, a new uh, raison d'etre right this strikes to his mommy issues as opposed to jennifer's where his mom died of heart failure and so he is going to rescue jennifer the only way he knows how and that is try to kill her and then revive her? I don't know. It's not a really thought through plane. He's not a, a planer per se.
2: I do think this is an interesting structure for a horror movie where the the, the slasher character's motivation changes like basically exactly halfway through the film where early on he just seems to be your run-of-the-mill a homicidal maniac with a theme, you know, one of these guys is just like, Okay, well, I, you know, I'm gonna be a killer, but but I need to have like a thing that's my thing, guys. And and he's like, Okay, mm-hmm. doctor, uh, but you know, so he's just randomly killing teens, and then halfway through, he's like, Yeah, but I want to kill teens with a purpose, you know. I <laughs> this one, yeah, strikes my heart. <laughs>
0: I mean, usually I'd just be cutting them up, but now mm-hmm. I, I have a higher calling. Yeah. Um. It. I. I kind of like it. It. It, mm-hmm. it takes the revenge element. It's not. You know, the revenge is still there, but he's like, oh, I'm gonna put the brakes on revenge. Now I'm gonna kill people on the side, but towards a purpose. Yeah. And it adds a drive to it that I think would have just been sort of empty if he was just sneaking into teenagers' beds and cutting their penises off. Not that I don't enjoy that. I do. (laughs) I enjoy it very much. Um, But we do get a great look at Jennifer's past. We see that she's had several trophies. She's apparently been a track star at one point in her life, but she also has a Coke can wearing sunglasses and Walkman headphones. And <laughs>
1: that's a, that there, Patrick. That's a dancing
0: oh, Coke can. If only we could have seen it dance. Do you, do
1: you, do you remember the flat, like the dancing yes. flowers? Like they kind of did a little, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not even on video. I'm like, you're like <laughs> tilting back and forth. Um, I believe you. No, that, that, that was a, that was a dancing Coca-Cola can. I actually wrote that down. (laughs) If you weren't going to mention it, then by God, I was.
0: Uh, The whole point of the show is to mention it, Gina. Um, So uh, Doc Giggs uh, decides he's going to help her uh, with that heart condition um, in an effort to continue his insane father's work. So it's nice to see that runs in the family. Uh, Normie informs uh, on Max and uh, Corinne to Jennifer at the fair. And leads them directly to the band room where Max is finally gonna get that fingering technique perfected until he's caught in the act.
1: Just just taking her clothes just taking her clothes off in a and room full, room of, full of, people. of people. It's weird. It's really I mean, weird.
0: There's the thing in Chopping mall where they're all having sex in the same furniture store, but those are consenting adults. These are teenagers. Uh, maybe it's just my high school and college. And frankly, after college experience, yeah. I always missed sex. Like I heard about it, like, oh, I'm at this party. And then I go in the back and I it start, you know, motioning with my hands and talking very seriously about MTV's The State. Meanwhile, an orgy is happening somewhere else. And I've missed it completely.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I'm not going to say this doesn't happen. I've heard tell <laughs> of orgies that occurred even as far back as high school, that I was not privy to at the time, which is, uh, you know, like the natural order of things. I assume that that's the case, that I'm not going to be privy to an orgy. Uh, that, you know, like later after the fact, they'll be like, oh, you should have been out of the orgy. I'm like, well, invite me, motherfucker. But um, <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, I think that it's not necessarily crazy to think that these things are happening uh, based on the rumors and innuendo I heard. Uh, throughout my high school and college career, who knows? I,
0: I just I, I never came across it. It never happened for me. But I don't mm-hmm. live in regret. Uh, I'm thankful for the sex I had and for the sex I currently am having. So uh, once uh, this confrontation happens, Jennifer goes back out into the county fair, and there's a uh, there's a few things we need to talk about here. First of all, shout out to CNC Music Factory for that album cut. This is a great way for Universal to to really merge their world we got a universal uh, artist and a universal movie and a, and a, a, a piece of music that makes no fucking sense with just a guy <laughs> shouting in military boots and someone uh, singing and someone else acting like they're singing <laughs> but the best thing I think this movie has going for it is that all the background performers here are dressed in their finest let's go to cracker barrel clothes. <laughs> There's nothing Hollywood about anyone you see in the background of this movie. They all look like they just shambled out of their panel van and onto the set.
1: Yeah, I, I was counting the mullets in that crowd scene. It was, I I got up to the double digits. Yeah,
0: there is a lot of Oakland Raiders caps uh, in that background, <laughs> and you can really tell that it is of a time. But Jennifer, uh, both sees her father looking for her and Max, so she decides. To hide inside L- Lila's Labyrinth, which turns out not to be a Henson Muppet-themed burlesque show, but uh, just a, one of those carnival uh, fun houses, I guess. Halls of Mirrors.
1: Uh, this this scene is crazy because if you look at the outside of this thing, it looks like <laughs> about the size of a trailer. And uh, it goes like full TARDIS on the inside, where like, <laughs> like they like, they walk through it and like nobody can you know find where anybody is. Somebody gets mm, somebody gets murdered in there. All they yeah, can do yeah, they can it's... just hear somebody. I mean, like you look at a scene like in like in it. Well, uh, it chapter two. It was mostly you know it was supposed to be messing with his head, but here it's just like how big is yeah. this hall of mirrors? You know,
0: not since the man with the golden gun has there been a more elaborate funhouse than this. I mean. As At one point, she's just tripping balls, and everyone becomes four different
2: people. I will say, like, uh, you know, this is a cliche at this point, the Hall of Mirrors showdown. But most, uh, uh, for it being cliche, like, most movies don't feel the need to do anything new with it. Mm -hmm. It's sort of weird. They're like, okay, you've seen this a million times before, and here it is again. But um, (laughs) this movie, you know, this started out with, I think, Lady from Shanghai, the Orson Welles. Uh, movie i believe that was like kind of the origin of the cliche and there Mm -hmm. was a lot more uh expressionistic than it normally is and here it actually gets up pretty crazy like it does not look like just a regular house of mirrors it ends up just being a lot of camera tricks of you know uh things doubled but then like reflected beneath one another and like occurring in like diamonds on the screen and weird wipes like it's it's yeah. It's very phantasmagoric in a way that you kind of don't expect out of a cheap horror movie. I think I,
0: I agree. I think that's what elevates this. It's honestly swinging for the fences, and that's one thing I really enjoy in in a horror movie, even whatever the results are. If you get up to the plate and you fucking swing for that ball, that's what I want to. That's what I want to see, and I think this movie does that. It punches above its weight. And a lot of the times, like, it works, like, occasionally it doesn't, but it's really trying, and I enjoy that effort.
1: Also, did Lady from Shanghai involve a giant novelty (laughs) (laughs) band-aid? I think not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is uh wow. Um, where exactly did he purchase that? Or was mm-hmm. that also in that magical bag of tricks that he inherited from his father?
1: I wanna imagine that he just won it at the fair. <laughs> just like you know, playing the game where you have to like get to like shoot the water gun to like make the balloon pop and all
0: <laughs> yeah he like instead of getting that goldfish he's like what if i traded it up from the goldfish to that comical bandaid and he's like we've been trying to get rid of that for a while here you go mister Nobody's ever asked for this. <laughs> you you look like the kind of person who would enjoy this. Not only do I want you to have it, I insist that you have it. That's my <laughs> carnival barker character, everyone. Did you enjoy
1: it? He's been workshopping that for weeks.
0: <laughs> Gina, I got a great bit. It's a carnival barker, but he just sounds like me. Do you like it? <laughs> no, yeah. Definitely do that one on the show, she said. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, the person who manages to get that comical uh, band aid around the mouth and I guess die by asphyxiation is Corrine, um, whose jacket appears to be a denim vest with flamenco dancer sleeves sewn onto it. That doesn't save her in the end. Unfortunately, it is a wonderful jacket. But she dies, and this is the revelation to all the characters that they are in mortal danger. It's not just their teenage drama they're running from. And this prompts uh, Jennifer to try to get out of uh, the the space. Jennifer makes a run for it, narrowly uh, avoiding capture in, uh, from a near inoperable emergency exit, and then takes a tumble into the woods outside. And there's one thing that needs to be said here. And that this forest, this Redwood Forest, is lit like a fucking stadium tour for you <laughs> 2 is taking place. There. I mean, we've come across some well-lit forests in our forays through Friday the 13th, but this one takes the cake. Yeah. I mean, like, there are lights coming out of fucking everywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, luckily for Jennifer, she's able to, to knock Dr. Giggles out, or at least... And they uh, stop him. She runs back to her house uh, and uh, then sees the police car with M- Magruder and Reeks in it and almost gets run over. And then the comps immediately blame her for almost getting run over. You know, <laughs> cop shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's, you know, that's probably the most accurate thing in the movie. Ultimately. <laughs> it's very, very true.
0: When, why did you Why did you run in front of this car and not warn us blocks and blocks <laughs> in advance? Um, Because I'm in trouble, asshole. So let's cut to the more high police department where uh, Captain Harper, uh, a name that we're never told, but I learned from the closing credits, Mm. is uh, making a ton of progress with a box of fried rice. I, does he not know how to use chopsticks properly? He's, he's made a very shallow divot in that fried rice container.
1: Yeah, I this is another, you know, flash movie cliche of the cops that are either are completely incompetent at their jobs or absolutely do not give a shit in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just this, this is a particularly egregious example of that.
0: Yeah, they uh, do not care about anything or anyone and it really, really shows.
1: I, I love how I love how Max asks the cat thing, just keep an eye on it. he promised me to keep an eye on I don't have to promise to do shit. It's like, <laughs> oh, thank you, officer. That's very reassuring. Yeah, I, I think it's like...
2: <laughs> you know, like, back in the day when these movies came out, you were like, oh, God, you know, this is just a plot con- contrivance. These guys are such idiots. Like, why is this happening? And the more... <laughs> i have lived the more i'm like oh no this is just a documentary about <laughs> people who are lazy who don't want to believe anything because it might mean more work
0: yeah they found a way into the police department and be- because of that they have no way to get rid of them when they prove to be <laughs> yes. useless yeah the discount,
1: um, they're just counting their just in their days so that pension kicks in yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I one of my favorite little tidbits, um, <laughs> getting back to Captain, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, Harper, was uh, recently from the re release of uh, the 1979 Dracula and how every other actor in it was warned in advance don't get in a scene with Donald Pleasants if he has food in his hand because he's a food <laughs> actor, and that's how he makes sure that all his scenes remain in the movie because he establishes that he has food and then they can't cut away from it. I'm like, that's kind, of, it's, that's kind of badass that he had this massive reputation and he managed to keep it up for decades and decades and decades. Also, the vampire laser sex in Dracula is awesome. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so let's get back to that uh, police station. It, here, we learn that Wright has kind of sensed that Magruder knows more about this whole Dr. Giggles situation that he's leading on. And this leads us to a... Wonderful flashback. I I want you to sit back in your chair or just really make sure that your headphones are turned up for this because this is going to go somewhere you're not expecting. I promise you this. We first of all get Magruder talking about he hasn't had a drink in 35 years and now we're going to hear the story of why. He's drinking something called Mr. Moonglow don't know what the fuck that is it sounds highly proofed let's put it that way maybe a fortified yeah. wine maybe it's moonshine I, for fuck if i know yeah. but we flashback all the way to lil magruder uh he's drinking alone in the station house and uh this is just after the town's mob has killed dr giggles rendell senior and he hears a small giggle from the morgue so he goes downstairs. The child's got his father's giggles. <laughs> you know, he learned it from like pot. I learned yeah. it
2: from you, dad. Genetic giggles.
0: <laughs> you know, inherited giggles. Yeah. yeah, it runs in the family. So a small detail about this morgue. Um, most morgues are kept cold because <laughs> dead things smell less when they're cold. But this one is next to a very The Shining level active boiler that uh-huh. is running it full fucking capacity so that place is going to smell great by the morning but it gets even worse normally i i I try to make sure my notes are very cogent and express exactly what is happening in a movie and then you watch a seven-year-old crawl out of a fucking dead body and there's no way you can write that down folks (laughs) It's not he. He cuts himself out of
1: it.
2: Yeah.
0: Was he timing himself with a watch?
1: At, at some point, he's turned into this little feral child.
2: <laughs> yeah, the giggles. <laughs> well, he's all bloody. You know, I I made reference earlier to my girlfriend getting the plot, like not wrong necessarily, but like not fully like you know imputing it the way that I would have uh, to describe Doctor Giggles. But the central thing that she 100% had was that she was like, you know, you know, you remember it's the movie about that kid that cuts his way out of that woman. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's true. That is accurate. That is accurate to Dr. Yables.
1: I, I, I am, I, again, I am shocked that I don't, that I did not remember that scene. Cause I definitely yeah. remember, seeing this in the theater and, and i i remember nothing about it like nothing came back to me. like oh right i remember this part it was like watching it the first time and and i just don't understand how i don't remember this part
0: yeah yeah it is very memorable to watch a child cut their way out of a dead body and emerge with a smile that is gap-toothed because he's <laughs> lost his two front teeth and he's like <sighs> coming out of it. I wish there was some sort of like flashback
1: to show how the dad explained to him what he was going to do. I got and, a great and, plan. You know, like the the timing you ever, the timing of this.
2: You ever read about the Trojan horse kid? Well, uh, <laughs> stick with me. Stick with me here. I'm
1: going to I'm going to put I'm going to put this Timex around your wrist. <laughs> When the alarm goes off at ten, you start
2: cutting. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right th- at the right time for the policeman to be terrified by you.
1: I mean, I mean, thank thank God the small child's years of cutting into teddy bears what you know, gave him the skill that he needed to cut himself out of a human body. Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if he practiced inside of a large teddy bear. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do a dry run with this, son. Uh, get inside of this teddy bear. I'm going to sew it up and I'm going to give you a watch. And then when it time goes, you get to cut your way out of that bad boy. And he's like, Oh, you did it 10 hours later. You see, this is the perfect plan. Okay. Now crawl inside your recently deceased mother. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I was really, I was really hoping he'd come out with like a little miner's helmet on or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it had to have been, it had have been dark in there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he should have come out and gone.
1: It's me. <laughs> I just, lo- I just love that this was the father's plan to to <laughs> s- smuggle his child to safety. I guess. I yeah. mean, y- you would think that he would maybe would have like I don't know, driven the kid to a train station or or mm. you know, something. You know, That's like, no, I'm going to smuggle him out no. in his mother's corpse,
2: ripped untimely from his mother's womb, like that seriously <laughs> untimely, like way later <laughs> than you would think. <laughs>
0: uh it is a crazy plan but damn it if it ain't um uh, it's strangely very memorable and visceral right now and yet i'm with gina i don't remember this in the movie and i just find that no. crazy it, just, it's, a, it's a it's a wildly gruesome scene for a movie that up to that point had been fairly
1: restrained i
0: think they were like, saving uh, it up for this
1: yeah i think that was going to be the big shocker for the audience <laughs>
0: well it worked job well done Uh, everyone needs to see this movie right now and you're like about halfway through you're like it's fun but what's so special about it well a 7-year-old crawls out of his mom's corpse like you don't see that every day i think giggling
1: he's just giggling like he just pulls some weeds and handed them into his mom <laughs> as a
0: as a mother's day gift just like look at my did. <laughs> i put saran wrap on the toilet also i'm going to climb out of your corpse <laughs> um so uh let's <laughs> boy i could talk about that scene all damn day um, but let's talk about uh, the Campbell residence where we find Cliff DeYoung uh, and he finally arrives to give this movie some much needed sex appeal. Um, he's ambushed by Dr. Giggles. The message on their answering machine I guess <laughs> Dr. Giggles listens to one message and then adds another message without a phone. <laughs> I don't know how it works. It, it's Dr. Giggles. Listen, a kid just crawled out of a corpse. Everything's up for bid.
2: Is this the scene where the messages look behind you? I'm right here or whatever the hell that yes. is. That yes. takes yeah, a he's, lot. He's like, he's like,
1: I'm right. I'm right behind you yeah, or something you, like you, that.
2: that. That is a lot of work. That is that is commitment to setting up this kill for a man who you are killing him so he appreciates it for you know a couple of seconds you know like you're like oh I'm right behind you and he turns around terrified and he has like two seconds of appreciation for your craftsmanship as a murderer (laughs) before he (laughs) dies and there's no one else there to see it you can't like Dr. Giggles can't turn and be like hey do you see what I did there with the answering machine (laughs) Isn't, that's not the way it works.
0: So as noted, uh, Dr. Giggles uh, manages to slice open Cliff Day chests, uh <laughs> with a bone saw. Uh, and moments later, uh, Magruder, always a day late and a dollar short, uh, manages to arrive, draws his sidearm as soon as he sees Cliff Day passed out on the floor. Um, Dr. Giggles then stabs Magruder in the back of a neck with a scalpel. And then he then trips and falls onto it, basically, but adding both injury to injury and insult. Uh, There's a lot of blood on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the police station, Max and Wrights are doing internet research on a uh, not even a dial up computer. I don't know how this is happening. Um, But uh, during the scuffle with uh, Magruder, uh, Doctor Giggles has been shot, and so he returns to the Giggles Medical Center, where mm-hmm. he, it appears that he has hoisted multiple mirrors onto the ceiling with a series of pulleys and ropes, like he's the fucking Phantom of the Opera.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- this is be- this is a much better like self surgery scene than the uh, than the cesarean section in uh, in Prometheus. <laughs>
0: Well, I like that scene. Gina, you know. I
1: like that. I like that scene too. I just said this one's a little better. Well,
0: it this is because she's lo-fi. not she's
1: not she's not wisecracking through it all. <laughs> yeah. Rarely I- true. She's,
0: there's rarely a pun in there. <laughs> I better xenomorph through this. I don't know. Listen, it, it, that would be a first draft. I would punch it up two and three. <laughs> But uh, so, so yeah, he manages to pull the bullet out and sew himself up. Uh, good for him because doing that in reverse through a mirror. I mean, he has not been to medical school, but he does yeah. appear to have genuine medical training and skills. Yeah, well, it's
1: that yes, it's that psychiatric hospital library he's spending so much time in.
0: <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Wright. Speaking of which, Wright's managed to track down that he has escaped from a mental hospital. Uh, why he was committed and discovers that he is broken out. And uh, meanwhile, at the same time, Dr. Giggles uses that poor guy's, uh, whose throat he slashed uh, in in volume one, Uh, he uses that guy's car phone and uh, he pretends to be Jennifer's dad and learns that Jennifer is now at the doctor's office. So uh, let's now move on to uh, some swell uh, KNB effects group makeup gags because this is probably their worst moment effects wise in the entire movie. Jennifer has a dream in which she thinks Dr. Giggles is in the room and then he cuts her open uh, to her heart, but her heart appears to be just below the surface of the skin.
1: <laughs> it's just like, hey, hey, say what you say what you will. They understand anatomy and where the human heart is located much better than Glenn Danzig
0: does. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Druncula from Veronica definitely knew the location of the heart, even though Glenn seems to believe that uh, a heart is connected to a body through a series of garden hoses.
2: Wait, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Now, I may be one of the few people in America who has seen Veronica twice because I saw it (laughs) for our podcast, The Flophouse, and I saw it for... Uh, my friends have started a bad movie night on Mondays uh, during this quarantine over mm-hmm. Twitch, and it was a mystery movie to kick it off, and it turned out to be Veronica, which I've seen before. Uh, but uh, so I've seen it twice. Which one has the heart, the heart ripping, or whatever is being referred to? Because like it seems like I should know at this point, being the world's I think number one Veronica expert. <laughs> It's, okay, a, the, it's the third one, the the
1: the one the one in which Glenn Danzig thinks the audience does not know what a
2: vampire is. Yes. That movie, uh, well, I don't. You've probably already talked about it. It's just that s- segment is insane with the degree <laughs> to which Danzig's like, okay, just hold on this. Hold on this. Yeah. Now another thing that we're going to hold on for a long time. You can actually see it in people's eyes. Yeah. Like when she's in front of that mirror. Oh God. She
0: looks back through the mirror to where <laughs> you think the camera is yeah. and where you assume Danzik is, with the intention of, we're gonna stop soon, right? Yeah. And these are people who perform sex on camera yes. for a living. I mean, that's- and they're like, we should stop <laughs> filming this now.
2: Well, that story is this- a short. Like this is a trilogy <laughs> of shorts. And yet in the sh- the third short is possibly the least amount of story I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't
0: so much have an arc yeah. so much as a dash,
2: like, yeah. more, more of an
0: M dash. If I'm being honest, yeah. it doesn't really go- It starts with here. There's this lady who, uh, who bathes in blood. And by the end of this, She's still bathing in yeah, blood. All she, right. Good night, everybody. You've confirmed that that is her thing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That is, I mean, as I said, well, this went out to um, our Patreon listeners. Um, but I'll say it here. That last segment, to me, felt like Glenn Danzig was given a gift certificate for horses. <laughs> and he's like, I am I know how exactly how to fucking use this. I'm going to get some horses in here. And you know, your one dog who looks like a wolf, bring him along. And they, they shot everything outdoors in and out in like an hour. And she's like, uh, well, the rest of this movie will just, will just form it around this footage. And there you go. There that you is go.
2: the cutest, sweetest theory. Uh, <laughs> uh, Veronica. Could ever inspire. I like that the very animal centric theory of Veronica's third segment.
0: <laughs> um, the only thing that I brought was brought up on ours that didn't really make it to yours, and and this came from jo- Josh Hollis, um, who brought Neil Breen into your life, <laughs> is that um uh, was that at one point Glenn Danzig lived uh here in Los Angeles, and he put his f- a quote unquote fixer upper for sale for 1.2 million dollars yeah. and the pictures are still online and oh my god the dire circumstances in which he was supposedly quote unquote in dick fingers living is you will you will uh part of your brain will leak out of your nose when you see just Pieces of like a ceiling on the ground and just random toys stacked up against the wall. And you're like, he brought groupies back to this. Oh, like, God. come on.
1: A gargoyle candle still in the box. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Yeah. It's a lot of Todd McFarlane toys and his mattress on the floor. Dan, this is a, an adult. He had music video budgets. He goes on tour, and he lives in a house with a mattress on the floor. Oh, and a large-scale
1: replica of the Tasmanian Devil.
2: <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, no, that that movie is crazy. All right, sorry, back to Dr. Giggles.
0: <laughs> back to Dr. Giggles. An actual motion picture with yeah. thought put into it. Um, so... Uh, Jennifer's at the doctor's office and she wakes up from this dream. Um, And just in time for the real Dr. Giggles to arrive for some hot doctor on doctor action is Dr. Chamberlain takes a pair of scissors to the back and then returns them to Dr. Giggles' thigh. This all ends up being a a sort of sword fight between a a piece of metal and Mm -hmm. Dr. Giggles has an oversized novelty uh, reflex hammer. Then he uses, yeah. and they sort of pull a Zorro for a good 30 seconds in the middle of this <laughs> movie. Um, unfortunately, Chamberlain loses that sword fight and ends up with a uh, comically large pr- uh, blood pressure cuff around his mm. neck. And then we get a lot of. uh scanners era bladder effects as he suffocates and dies.
1: Was I think was anybody besides me expecting that when I cut back to the other doctor, like his eyes were going to be like bulging out of his head. Like, like when Arnold Schwarzenegger ran out of oxygen in <laughs> <and> total recall, <laughs>
2: that would have been I rage. was
1: waiting for that. And I'm like, or, or his head just like pop like a grape, you know, I mean,
2: <laughs> Yeah. This is off to the side, but I do adore the notion that at the end of total recall, Arnie's eyes can pop that far out of his head and then he's cooled. <laughs> he's the, fine. he's yeah,
1: fine. After afterwards. the atmosphere
2: normalizes, he's like, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> his body operates in
0: Pillsbury Doughboy logic where yeah. you, you push in the middle and he <laughs> But and but then everything retracts when your finger comes out of the tummy, the way that mm-hmm. oxygen suddenly, you know, pressurizes Mars. Yeah. It's boom, boom. Yeah, it all makes sense, Fair enough. really, when you think about it. So Dr. Uh, Giggles then drugs Jennifer, carries her off uh, across that very well-lit forest to the Giggles Medical Center, <laughs> where um, in his surgery suite there appears to be an active water leak. Um, that does not bode well for the cleanliness of your heart surgery, but, eh, you know, listen, he's the doctor. I'm not. Um, we get some loose basement stairs foreshadowing here. That's going to come back. Uh, and uh, D- Officer Reitz discovers in the waiting room of Dr. Giggle's medical office that there's been a kind of Voorhees indoor-outdoor redecorator body pileup. <laughs> and I, I really appreciated that meme coming back.
2: I love a good body pile. <laughs> yeah, I like I like any time that you know, a murderer just leaves a bunch of evidence lying around. Well,
0: it's best if it pops out at people yeah. at, at the best possible second. I mean, yeah. you... It's one thing to be clever enough to murder a bunch of people and get away with it. It's another thing to go, wait a second. Let's use the whole buffalo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's use these bodies to uh, give somebody a shock and surprise later on. Uh, Reese isn't so much shocked or surprised, but he does throw up. So that's great.
1: <laughs> I-, I felt that, that. That would have been my first reaction, certainly.
0: <laughs> we, we find that, uh, that he's cut out all of their hearts in the hopes that one of them will be a good match. So uh, he holds them up to her chest. Yeah. He's he's
2: eyeballing it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that's
0: how that works.
2: No, but it's a very nice little, uh, you know, Goldilocks situation where it's like, okay, this heart's too big. This heart's too small. This heart is just right. But I do want to. So this is the point that I've been waiting for, because I I, when I watched (laughs) Dr. Giggles, I could not restrain myself for the taping of this podcast uh, before I could uh, tweet out one goof I found on IMDB <laughs> for Dr. Giggles under the yeah. goof section it says, <laughs> as a student of medical studies, even though he's insane, Dr. Giggles, <laughs> even though he's insane, Dr. Giggles, That's quite sh- a caveat <laughs> should know that hearts are only <laughs> viable for transplant. For about six hours, and that's under optimal storage conditions, not a pile of <laughs> organs stored in a bucket. So that is <laughs> definitely a goof for Dr. Giggles 1992 starring Larry Drake. It's <laughs> uh, the number um, one goof. <laughs> it's <laughs> the top one
0: otherwise this is su- i mean this might as well you know be a documentary it's so even-handed with everything so realistic yes. the other thing is we don't know where he's been storing that bucket it's he could true. have been storing it in a refrigerator he, he yeah. might have a mini fridge down there for all we know
2: yeah that's Come fair
0: Right uh arrives just in time after jennifer Hart's. Uh, jennifer's heart has been stopped by this machine that uh, dr giggle singer invented which um is meant to stop hearts it, <laughs> this was his plan was like for the first thing we got to do before we transplant this heart stop that heart then i can take all the live long day putting that new one in yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no 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 that's not how heart transplants work that's not how anything works but again outside of that bucket this movie is really playing it straight <laughs> but uh so when rights arise in the room Doctor Giggles fends him off by throwing a heart at his chest. Wow! <laughs> and then pulls a Batman by disappearing into the dark. <laughs> just like <laughs> now you see me, bam, bam! Now you don't, and he's just gone. Yeah. So then Wright's is like revives Jennifer via CPR, and then he's like, "Hold on here, I'm gonna look around for Doctor Giggles before we try to take off from here." And he exits into a hallway. <laughs> and i'm sure at the time i originally saw this i did not catch this but he comes out of a door and you see a painted flat that has the sort of endless hallway behind (laughs) him that is very off kilter and i this movie was not meant to be seen in hd that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) so then uh we max shows up fucking max Shows up out of nowhere, like it's time. It's Max time, baby. I'm here to help, and they manage to get upstairs. And Doctor Giggles has found his father's golf clubs. It says, you know, a good doctor always knows the right tool for the job. Uh, no, 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 no,
1: no, no. I think it's. I think it's doctor. It's time to do what doctors do best. And then it pa- oh. and then it pans over to the to the bag of golf clubs, which I fucking. Love that! <laughs> that to me was the best gag in the whole movie. I loved it so much. That's like aer- that's uh, like airplane level quality. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree with you. i did, Literally, a couple of them fall flat, but there a lot of them hit, which is way better than I think Freddie's average. Of course, Freddie. Had to do it over, you know, a a decade-long run. But,
2: you know, they're not all going to be winners.
1: And, and you know, Dr. Giggles never once uses the word bitch.
2: Yeah. Yes. Never once. I do like that you're asterixing Freddy's record. You're like, look, guys, you know, Freddy's a legend. He had had a long (laughs) career. You got to take it, you know, over. Like, sure, Dr. Giggles is great, but he's like a shooting star. he blazes bright and then <laughs> no more for <from> me
0: <laughs> He goes out in a blaze of glory. Uh, and that that's why I, I think it works that way because yeah. they were able to use all of the doctor puns they had, all of the medical jokes that they had. Um, but Wrights uh, gets the gun knocked out of his hand. And has the least effective hand-to-eight-iron fight ever captured on film. Uh, He manages to to take one to the temple and uh, go through a glass door. And Max takes a smash to the forehead and becomes fucking helpless for the rest of the movie. So there's Max coming to the rescue, everybody. Clock it, the person who was dead just two minutes ago, manages to help Max escape this fucking house for the rest (laughs) of the movie. I mean, we've we've encountered some useless fucking boyfriends, but this Mm -hmm. one may take the cake.
1: There's no excuse for him to still be alive by the end of this movie. This this is Ah, this is more baffling to me than the uh, than the boyfriend still being alive at the end of the the Halloween reboot. (laughs) That <laughs> the boyfriend who throws her phone into like a punch bowl or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That, like th- man. that. Somehow he is still alive at the end of the movie. That better be rectified in in the next Halloween movie.
2: I definitely watched that movie thinking like, okay, this was a deleted scene. This guy died. And <laughs> you know, like, you know, this movie's too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: he definitely earned a death, but uh, strangely, he's alive and Max is too. Uh, I mean, at one point, those pesky stairs that we mentioned earlier collapse and Jennifer helps him. He she lifts him (laughs) up (laughs) and then climbs over his back to escape Dr. Giggles like, oh, my God, this guy is so fucking useless. I'm sure they thought this builds her up because she doesn't necessarily need him she just uses him. But then at the mm-hmm. end, they're fucking macking in her hospital bed. Like, <laughs> ugh. So uh, the question I have about the Dr. Giggles Medical Center is it, it was always in the basement. But have they always had that collection of bullshit outside of his office door? Like, did he invite people in and like, all right, just go down the basement stairs. Watch out for Black Widow spiders and the rusty nails <laughs> on your way in. To my doctor's office or was there a separate entrance at one point?
1: I didn't know. I didn't know he had a whole ass hospital inside his house. He has multiple waiting rooms and <laughs> a surgical
0: suite. Uh, apparently uh, sort of some sort of um, what is it's not cyberpunk. What is the one where it's valves and steam? Oh, steampunk. It's steampunk yeah. He has a steampunk uh, s- surgery suite. <laughs> the only thing missing is monocles and a top hat. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't, I mean, um, like, he, you know, he uh, put a little work into the place. I mean, it's, I was a little confused when I first watched this. The time, like the, 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 the oh God, how do I put, like, I forget the word I'm looking for. Uh, the, 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 you know, what followed one another, the um time, uh whatever. I was like, <laughs> you can, you can cut this part out. Where I seem like a crazy sure, no, person. No, no, I seem no, like no. a We're crazy keeping person. Every ounce of it in. Um, no, I don't edit
0: this at all. Okay, Please continue.
2: Um <laughs> No, what followed one? What? Because uh, Dr. Giggles, you know, like they don't know what happened to the kid for so long in the yeah. movie. And then, but the movie seems to start with Dr. Giggles escaping and coming back to town. And so I was like, Okay, what's the like, like, what follows what in this scenario? And then it wasn't until like later in the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, this the 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 D giggles that checked into the uh, (laughs) sanitarium was a unknown uh, person, so they didn't know they didn't they did not connect these stories. They did not connect the story of the young boy who burst out of a child's or, or a woman's womb. Uh, after she was dead, uh, a son of a murderous doctor, with the uh, the murderous doctor that showed up on their doorstep, you right. know, whenever, yeah. Uh, but he, he
0: benefits from a lack of communication between police departments. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and,
1: and clearly that you know that that high, smuggling his child out through a woman's dead body trick did not work.
2: No because not at he all.
1: because he ended up in a sanitarium for some forty odd years.
2: Yes. The timeline, that's the word I'm looking for. All this muddies the timeline to the degree that, like, okay, I don't know. Dr. Gagel set up a whole thing in his home. Whatever, it's fine. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. a master of time.
1: You would think that that, <laughs> you know, someone escaping from an insane asylum and murdering three people along the way might have made the news. But no, they they just you. Know, oh, here's something interesting. There's an escape. There's an escaped insane asylum patient on the loose.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it was a different era. The the twenty four hour news cycle really yeah. wasn't in in vogue, and so you know, it did. It just didn't yeah. you know penetrate the culture. We. It was a buildup to a big election. There were three people running for president. It was a different world. Yeah, Pepsi was something that people actually drank, Gina. <laughs> it, it was a different time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so uh, in the middle of uh, a fight between Wrights and Dr. Giggles, uh, Wrights gets a bone saw to his back. But he also manages to set fire to the surgical suite. And it, this, uh, of course... In the surgery suite, there are tanks of oxygen. So we know at a certain point, if Dr. Giggles is unable to get out, he will blow up with the medical center. And he does, because that whole house goes kablooey, right, as Jennifer and Max are on their way out. Of course, Max is thrown yards. He is literally like a diehard escaping a fireball behind him. Cut to a hospital. Jennifer Her heart condition, of course, has become worse because of all the stress, uh, probably because she was dead only a couple hours earlier. And so they are going to perform that heart surgery on her. And she is put onto the surgery table with
2: her help. And honestly, I got to say, more fool me. (laughs) I really thought that Dr. Giggles was gone at this point. (laughs) And I've seen (laughs) horror movies before. I've seen horror movies before guys, it seems like I shouldn't have thought that Dr. Giggles was gone, but we had already gone through the thing where she was on the surgery table yeah. at this point and, like, he was going to perform evil surgery on her and she was probably going to die because he's a crazy person. <laughs> you know, like, that, that had happened. And so, like, he burns up. I'm like, great, now she's getting her heart surgery. The fact that he comes back again to do the same thing to then be also... Evil Surgery Number Two genuinely surprised me when it probably shouldn't have, but like uh, this movie kept going. I guess is what I'm trying to say beyond the point where I thought it would end. Well,
1: well, well. The the best part about this is how long it takes the other doctor to notice that something's (laughs) amiss. You got someone who is like still smoking. Half his face is melted off. He looks like the fan of the opera. Yes,
0: he's fully transformed. And
1: and he's bringing out these, these like Cronenbergian esque surgical tools and, then, <laughs> and the doctors just staring the other doctors
0: staring at him like well this is odd yeah well this is not comport. like are, are we going to how does this how, how am i going to list this on this person's you know insurance form this i'm sorry this is your second evil surgery I, I don't even know the medical codes for that that's why we need medical care for all because evil surgery still costs as much as regular surgery people come on Vote for everyone. Anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. The good news about this trail of blood, we got two doctors with their throat slashed. We get a nurse who gets her neck snapped. And then this anesthesiologist who they focus the camera on his glasses for an uncomfortable mm-hmm. period of time. But it all has a point. Because when Dr. Giggle shows up with, these in, with an insane array of uh, surgical tools, it pays off he has this one contraption where spikes shoot out and he, this guy gets mm-hmm. a, a batch of spikes to the face. And when it retracts, those glasses are caught up on the spikes and you're like, Oh, this person had a plan. Everybody. There was a point do, to seeing that man with his glasses on.
2: I do love that. Dr. Giggles seems to spend a, a fair amount of his off time. I mean, like, I don't know how Dr. Giggles, you know, breaks down his day, but Some portion of his day seems to be devoted to like building medical like devices Mm -hmm. that can be used for killing, like things (laughs) that look like they're old medical equipment, but cannot be used for anything other than stabbing people like he is. He shows up at the hospital, this whole arsenal of things that look like they mm-hmm. come from the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yes.
0: The, um, apparently, Do- uh, Dr. Giggle Sr., I think, also had a metal shop yes. down there um, yes. because there's no way he fashioned these things on the fly. And there's 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 too much to it. Like he there was a lot of thought put into this. Um, yeah. So before she gets fully put, put under, Jennifer manages to to rip the anesthesiologist's mask off her face, crawl out of the room. Uh, she doesn't get very far. She gets to a medical supply col- closet, but then she formulates a plan. Once Dr. Giggles breaks into the room, she throws a bunch of liquid onto the floor and then uses mm-hmm. the paddles of a defibrillator machine to electromify uh, dr giggles <laughs> and a lot of cartoon lightning that looks fantastic yeah. it's, as far as cartoon
2: lightning goes this is oh, excellent God. i i mean i know it i know 100 it's just nostalgia but i wish <laughs> we could go i wish we could go back to a day where special effects artists just Painted lightning directly onto the cells of film. <laughs> we had this cartoon lightning electrocuting our psycho killers. I love uh, yeah, it.
0: I, I think, I think uh, nostalgia has a lot to do with it necessarily, but there, there is a charm to stuff like this with physical effects yeah. and practical makeup gags. It's a charm. I'm not saying it. It uh, looks better. It, it all looks fake. Uh, it, it's the fucking movies. Like that train doesn't actually roll past the the screen and hit the crowd that yeah. watched it in the first movie. Like it's all fake to a degree. So if you're gonna do it fake, I kind of like the charm of it being handcrafted. Yeah, And not to say there isn't a lot of handcrafting done with CGI effects. It just it doesn't have that veneer. It doesn't have that artificiality sheen to it, and so. My old man brain doesn't accept it as much with with (laughs) some rare exceptions. I I understand that's a MP, not a YP for a
2: lot of people. Definitely. Uh, But that said, great, great cartoon lightning in this movie. No,
0: top rate. And, but here's the thing, this man cannot be killed he he,
2: he wakes
0: up uh, he there's a great light la- where he lands on his back gag or you can tell that that that's a real stunt man who's put on pads it looks great uh he uh, jennifer tries to cross over him and he wakes up again his first response while drooling is to say i don't feel well <laughs> and jennifer's response is take two of these and call me in the morning and stamps him through the chest with his own insane surgical equipment. <laughs>
2: it's spring loaded surgical equipment <laughs> <laughs> and cuts through him like butter. I mean, it's either yeah. the
0: quality of the surgical equipment or between the fire and the electrocution, his body has softened a little bit. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yes.
1: It's like, it's like when you,
0: it's like when you bring
1: butter to room temperature, you know, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's he's like he's been braised over several hours. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, been, he's, he's falling off the bone, he's
0: <laughs> oh, been sous vide, <laughs> uh, just in a very different sort of way. <laughs> so he's very tender, he's fork tender, as it were. And um, then, then
1: we've got our uh, I see you shiver with anticipation moment. I'm like, I'm like mm, yeah, oh, God,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and for those of you worried, Cliff D Young is Cliff D still alive? Oh,
1: thank God! Um,
0: thank I God see that guy that, die
1: in so many movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that sex on a stick, Cliff Cliff D Young, still alive, still ready to give it to younger women. Uh, I'm sure in the sequel that didn't happen. Um, he has a cool scar. He can show and, off and, to the ladies. And
1: fucking Max is wisecracking about the situation. Yeah, you know, what
0: heck of a way to start the summer? All our friends are dead. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> the round of funeral starts next week anyways let me put my tongue in your mouth this is a w- she has just woken up from surgery let's make it so,
1: so your, your, your 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 heart works now right so like we can do it at some point right <laughs>
0: you got a new heart valve i got the same old dick let's see if these two things work Oh god. why
1: is he still alive that, why is that he still is alive only, that's the only thing wrong with this movie is that max is allowed to live <laughs> other than that perfection
0: uh, yes and it should be i mean listen we've hated we've hated some uh characters this i hate this character i don't hate this actor i hate this character it is a terrible character and i do not like that he doesn't get a comeuppance i just don't
2: yeah, the young cop should be the living character at the end of this. Not this guy.
0: And if she wants to make out with him, fine.
2: I'm open that would be to great.
0: That. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, Let's film that. Let's have an Like the, the guy Let, who let's... actually
1: tried to save her life? Yeah, that would have been would yes. nice.
0: Like we cut to 10 years in the future and they have a kid and they, they still live in More High and she teaches high school or whatever the fuck. Like that's fine. <laughs> but this is morally reprehensible. Uh, So that's Dr. Giggles. But before we're really Mm. done with it, uh, we have to do America's favorite game show that they don't know about because not enough people listen to the show. It's choose your own death venture. And that is where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this section of the movie. If you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Up for bid today, we have suffocated by a novelty band aid, (laughs) stabbed in the back. Of the neck by scalpel, and then you fall on top of it, strangled by a blood pressure cuff, uh, bone saw to the back, uh, getting your throat slashed, having your neck broken, steel pikes through the face, and, of course, burned, electrocuted, and then stabbed. And, Dan, as our guest, I turn to you for your answer first.
2: You know what? I look. Here's the thing. (laughs) Sure. Here's the thing: the parameters of this question mm-hmm. assume that I'm going to die, no matter <laughs> yeah, what. Yeah, you
0: are going to. We die all, we all die.
1: Lessons. It's just alligator. we all, yes.
2: we, all is- we all die. So
0: uh, uh, we're he- not the first person I- to tell you that, right, Dan? No, God, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> me? Like they're, they're, this would be very <laughs> awkward if you learned about your own mortality <laughs> but,
2: through this. Wait, podcast. but I'm the. <laughs> but I'm the most important person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's now, true. Never changed, Dan. But I, oh, I don't want to alarm you, but this is a fact of life.
2: Now, uh, here's the thing: if if the parameter of this is I have to choose one of these deaths, I'm less concerned with pain than I might be otherwise. Because look, mm-hmm. at this point, all I can hope for is glory. So I'm going to go with the the three stage death, which. Painful though it may be, sort of makes me into a Rasputin figure. I feel like <laughs> you're <laughs> like after grows. my death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People are like, oh, Dan, like it took you had to, he had to be burned, then electrocuted, <laughs> then stabbed in the face with two types of medical implements, not just one yeah. thing, but she had two things, like one in each hand. That's <laughs> what it took to take him down ultimately. So I think I would take that. Just for the, the rep that I would have afterwards.
0: Sure. Now, you do understand as part and parcel with this, you will have to crawl out of your mother's corpse at age seven without hey. the use of your two front teeth.
2: You know what? Again, just adds to the <laughs> legend. <laughs>
0: it's completely understandable. I buy it immediately. Gina, what say you?
1: I mean, honestly, God, you have to ask.
0: yes i mean that's the one of the things we've worked on for four years on this podcast i
1: mean you do have to. in in this particular case you can't guess which what i'm gonna say uh
0: let's see i mean you don't like pain um you don't like face stuff i'm gonna go with suffocated by novelty band-aid and you got it of course a
1: giant (laughs) novelty band-aid come on
0: Now, you're not going to be found with that novelty band-aid, Only you will know that you died that way. And the, the other person who witnessed this, his, his, their account will not be believed by the police.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, ascend to heaven in peace because I died in a thoroughly ridiculous way wearing a thoroughly ridiculous <laughs> outfit.
0: But based on Beetlejuice rules, you're gonna have a lot of time with that bandaid. So I'm just, I'm that just,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm not a big talker, so it'll be fine <laughs> if I have a bandaid, you know, over the entire lower half of my face. Yeah, you know, I'll learn sign language. It'll be
0: fine. It'll be fine. Well, listen, we're living in a world where we have to go outside with with a, a, basically a bandage on your face. Yeah, as long
1: as I can and, figure out how not to fog up my glasses, it'll be. It yeah. everything will be copacetic.
0: I, personally I very much am looking forward to having a sort of the shadow like scarf that goes around the bottom side of my, my mouth so that my prolonged artificial nose is very prominent and people go well there's no way that's a millionaire playboy <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that um, of these oh good gravy I think strangled by a blood pressure cuff
1: oh really uh, that's lo- like the longest I one th-
0: I love bulgy veins <laughs> Gina, like you know who doesn't that's <laughs> just listen you can yuck my yum all you want but that's the thing that i like uh so there you have it before we go of course uh dan uh where can people uh find you on the internet and your shows and your stuff
2: uh you know flophousepodcast.com is where my own podcast lives. It's a podcast about bad movies. We came up with the premise long before it was a cliche. Uh, <laughs> I do it with my friend Stuart, who is a yes. hilarious gentleman who is also a bartender. Uh, although America's party during, during this time of um, <laughs> every social thing being closed, I guess he is a man of leisure. Unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, my other friend, Elliot, who is also a comedy writer, as I am Uh, by day. I am a comedy writer. The Daily Show, if you are still watching it, watch it. Um, And you can find me at Dan K. McCoy on Twitter. It's impossible to read it as anything other than Dank Dank McCoy. McCoy. (laughs) All one word. Uh,
0: and I would be remiss if I didn't say that to thank you because the face, uh, the Facebook group for the flop house is where Gina and I grew to be friends. And oh. it, it was a special time when it was very tiny <laughs> when we became yes. friends. But, um, it is, a I I still think it has many benefits and, and a wonderful place to involve yourself with pop culture and, and learn respect. God damn it. um, Uh, but i would i would be remiss to say how much your podcast means to the both of us i just honestly it's a beautiful thing and i i thank the (laughs) heavens for it whenever i get to hear it every other week uh gina uh where can people find you on these here internet
1: i am a writer for the spool uh, that's the spool.net um by the time this episode goes live i will have watched and written about the uh the certain to be uh, fantastic Josh Trank and Tom Hardy Opus <laughs> Capone, which yeah. uh, as of a meeting with my editor last night, I asked to be assigned to because that <laughs> that is the kind of masochistic personality that I have. Uh, I believe that will be somewhere in mid-May. That should go up. Uh, I am also on Twitter under porcelain
0: 7 do it today people check it out of course you can find us on twitter and facebook and instagram and all that good stuff we have patreon uh as we mentioned uh, the verotica episode is up and it is fantastic um and uh, we'll have a new one next month that will be a choice of our listeners if you're of the appropriate level please do that today and so uh unfortunately that closes out dr giggles i wish it could last forever but i'm glad it lasted as long as it did so for myself Gina and Dan, the body camp will continue.